0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi everybody. We have one of our most favorite mentors chatting to you guys today, and um, I we we kind of gush about Rhonda. Rhonda is like a, a name in our household daily. Like it's always Rhonda Nelson this and Rhonda Nelson that. And so, um, Rhonda, thank you so, so much for coming on our show today. This is such a treat for us. And I know it's going to be for our audience.
1: So welcome. And, and thanks by the, for having me. By the way, she's Dr. Yes, Rhonda Dr. Nelson. Yes, Dr. Sorry. Oh, my uh, God. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, no. You know what I don't like about the doctor term? What? Is that doctor separates you from people. Yeah. I, and I don't like that. And I think that that people sometimes get wrapped up in that doctor term mm-hmm. because it's a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Or and not for everyone. Like, I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I'm saying. But it's, sometimes it's a status symbol. And I am about relationship. And it. so I don't like anything that makes us any different. We're all just one group of people trying to figure out our way through life. And so... Thank you for that, but no, I'm just Rhonda. I'm
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Rhonda, Doctor Rhonda. I mean, she she's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You guys, she is freaking brilliant, and um, you will not be disappointed by this episode today. So she she's the total package. What are we talking about, babe?
1: Um, we're uh,
0: well. Let's talk about what we're talking about, and then Rhonda, <laughs> why don't you give us a little bit
1: of background about
0: who you are and whatnot? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so we're talking about pregnancy today. Yes, specifically. You're pregnant, now, now what? What? <laughs> what do you do? How do you take care of yourself? This do is, you listen to the doctors at this point? Right. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> you can listen to this doctor who's on our <laughs> podcast today, but, um, but this is probably one of my most frequently asked questions um, on um, on Instagram. Um, I, I actually try to reply to my DMs. My assistant replies to DMs and she keeps hounding me every day. She's like, all the pregnant ladies want to know X, Y, and Z. And she's like, I swear everyone is pregnant right now please, can you do a podcast on pregnancy? And I'm like, I won't, but I know someone who can. <laughs> so, so Rhonda, please introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Why are you so freaking amazing? And why do we love you so much? <laughs>
2: well, I don't know why you love me so much because I'm a bit of a mouth, but maybe that's why you love me. I don't know. It that is. might be part
1: of it. A mouth with a brain though.
2: A <laughs> mouth with a brain. Yeah, baby, that's mm-hmm. what we got rolling. Mm-hmm. So um, I... I I won't give you the whole big long story, but the short story is that um, I got, I ate crappy food while I was growing up, didn't know any better. We ate macaroni cheese and top ramen and span. And my favorite food in the whole wide world was a bowl of mint chip ice cream with my dad. So when I got married at 18, don't recommend it, (laughs) uh, I had my first child at 20. And was continuing wow. to eat that kind of crappy food. And I weighed almost 200 pounds when I had her and had a long, horrible birth. And she was, call she slept less than one hour a day for the first nine weeks of her oh life. And oh cry the entire other 23 hours. And the one hour was broken up. Oh, man. Um, so, really, she just cried 24 hours a day because she was in horrible pain from colic. And I didn't know at the time that that had everything to do with what I was eating. I didn't know it. So, poor thing. I had to quit nursing at six months, I mean, six weeks, mm, well, and put her on soy formula really bad idea. Wow. But that was what I what the quote pediatrician tells you to do. So being young and naive and I didn't know, I just did what I was told. And um fast forward, had a couple more kids in there. And then fast forward to when she was six years old, she fell out of a tree and broke her arm. Yeah. Oh. Eh, you know, very typical childhood type fracture. Yeah. She mm-hmm. breaks her arm. Distal humerus, which is on her right arm, distal means down. So it's right next to the elbow. So the humerus is the bone in the top. So she broke it about two and a half inches right above the elbow. So it was a compound fracture, which means the whole bone snapped in half. So we Mm. had to go have surgery and have the bone put back together and they put screws and pins in and blah, blah, blah. Little traumatic, but we're over it and kids heal quick and off we go. Four years later, uh, within about a month of that fall, she was diagnosed with terminal bone cancer in that same arm at that same location, not one centimeter away from where the break was. My word. Whoa. And that was when my world sort of fell apart, understandably so. I mean, they're giving you a terminal diagnosis, less than 10% chance of survival. Oh my gosh. And I said, oh my gosh, like this should not be happening to anyone's child, much less my child. And that Mm. is a hard no. Yeah. not gonna lose my kid on my watch mm-hmm. yeah so I started to think and figure out and I'm a thinker um I'm a funny person but I'm a thinker and so I, put, I start thinking why did this bone not heal she mm-hmm. broke the arm why did it not heal and that was really the point where I became very passionate about helping mothers and children change their diet and change the way that they not only they live their lives, but the way they grow their babies, yeah. because I'm, I'm menopausal now. Like my oldest daughter, she lived by the way, that's Amazing. a whole nother story. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. I, like that's an, like, that's an extra, but I'm very <laughs> thankful about that. Yeah. But she they said she'd never have children. She would never drive a car. She would never live, you know, past 15, whatever. She's 38. Yeah. She has four kids in a thriving online business. Like, diagnosis doesn't mean anything. Don't ever believe what they tell you.
0: I mean, ever. Amen. Amen.
2: Ever. Don't ever put that label on you. And I'm going to soapbox for a second here. Is that all right? Please do. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is what pisses me off. So you go to the doctor and they say, oh, well, you only have X number of days to live or, oh, you have this diagnosis or, oh, you have PCOS or whatever. And then what we do, because we don't know what to do with that information, then we start telling everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it becomes our identity. Yep. And then we walk around with a card hanging over our back that says, oh, I have terminal cancer. Yep. I have terminal cancer. I only have two years to live. I only have one year to live. At the point when she was diagnosed, we, my husband and I were driving away from that doctor's office. Both of us in complete shock. And I yeah. think one of the best decisions I made, there were many that I have to say were good ones. This was the best one.
0: Yeah.
2: I looked at him and I said, We will never speak of this again. Yeah. I we love will it. never yeah. speak of this again, ever. Amazing. And we never did. We didn't tell our family. We didn't tell our friends and we didn't tell her.
1: Wow. Yep. Wow. And you she didn't even tell didn't her. No,
2: she did not know that they gave her a terminal diagnosis with less Amazing. than 10% chance of survival. Amazing. I said, we will not speak of it because I did not want the words to have that kind of power that, and energy mm-hmm. over her. Body. And,
0: and they Hard. do know those, those words have such power and energy. It's I always so say, much. I always say where thoughts go, energy flows. And so what you believe, um, it, like it, it, manifests right and and so and
1: how many clients do we have that like that's their introduction to themselves is Mm -hmm. i'm so and so here's my diagnosis yeah here's how i identify myself to the world right and how do you shake something when it's so deeply embedded in your core totally absolutely
2: i think it's a hard thing because it becomes sometimes it's our identity Mm -hmm. but But you just have to make the choice that you're not going to say that. So, like when we're, because we're supposed to be talking, I'm sorry, a soapbox, but we're supposed (laughs) to be talking about like pregnancy. You know, if you are someone who has not been able to get pregnant, watch what you say.
0: Yeah.
2: Because your body hears it. Right. And so, when you Mm -hmm. keep saying, I can't get pregnant, I can't get pregnant, or I'm pregnant, but I've lost, I've had five other miscarriages. Yeah. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Let's give the body a chance to do what it needs to do by harnessing the power of a good thought and good energy and Mm -hmm. positive words. Yeah. Or, and not, and just banning those negative words. Don't tell people. Right. Just keep it to yourself and. Right. Then let's grow a baby. Let's Thanks. grow a good, healthy baby. So that's why she, my daughter got cancer was because I basically ate crap and she didn't have the resources that she needed in her body to heal that fracture. Yeah. And so as the fracture was starting to heal, it just couldn't heal.
0: Right. It didn't heal properly. And so
2: that's what happened. And I don't, I don't beat myself up for that. Like I'm very open and transparent about yeah. that. My kids know mom's like, my, my daughter's like, well, mom, oh, well, it just is my normal. Mm-hmm. I have a weird arm. That's just
0: the way it is. I go, yeah, you do. Yeah, it is <laughs> what it is. What it is. <laughs> just our normal. I did not know this story, by the way. So you did it? Like, no, oh. this is the first time hearing it. So
1: I knew it. <laughs> I had
0: no idea. It took me com- by complete surprise. So, oh. so this
1: this is kind of a tangent, also. But I'm I'm curious about how you avoided falling into that trap of mm-hmm. self blame.
2: You know, that's a really good question. And I think no one really wants, oops, sorry. I don't think anybody really wants to ask that question because I think they're afraid of the answer, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, thank you for asking. So there were probably, there was, once I realized that there was a couple of weeks where it was hard, was just Mm -hmm. really hard. When you see your child bald and crying and saying, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back to the doctor. She used to say, I don't want to go to sleep. The night before mm. chemo because mm. she said I don't want to have to wake up
0: yeah
2: I mean I could tell you stories that would we'd, we'd all just be bawling, and it's just horrible yeah but I just had where I finally got was that I I never did it it was never intentional right. and I couldn't blame anyone else like I couldn't blame my parents I could say well they taught me how to eat macaroni and cheese well, I'm the one that chose to put it in my pie hole, right? Right. I'm the <laughs> yeah. one that chose to put it in my mouth. So I can't blame anyone else. I just said, well, it is what it is. And all I can do is make a change moving forward. Right. right. And so that was where I just decided. But I guess, again, that's the power of the words. Right. I just decided I wasn't going to let that own me because I knew it would dictate and run the rest of my life. And I mm-hmm. wasn't going to be a better person. I was only going to be a worse person yeah. by believing that I had almost killed my child. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, it's, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And off we go. Let's fix it now. And when you know better,
0: you do better. I tell my yeah, friends that all the exactly. time. Like th- exactly. there's no ways you could have known. No. So
2: yeah. I, I didn't know, but that's why I'm so passionate about talking about like what you eat before pregnancy, yes. because I can't change the next generation. Yeah. This womb is long closed up. baby. <laughs> this is <laughs> menopause central over here. So I, I can't have any more kids, yeah. but if I could, if if I could go back, I would have probably had 10 mm-hmm. because Ooh. I would have wanted a do over. Mm-hmm. Wow! Like I, I would have wanted to do a do over. Not that I wanted to ditch my first three kids, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to like make more babies so that I could go, Hey, I'm going to reverse this trend. You know, yeah. I want to like feed my body and have really strong babies. And so that was, that was mm. really what I've spent a lot of time is working with mamas and babies because I love pregnancy fertility because it's an opportunity for you to create a baby that's healthier than you. Mm. And, and, I, and, and I love that.
1: that. All right. You. So, so that brings us to what we're talking about today, which is you're pregnant and you may be one of those women who was living off of Fritos and Mac and cheese, Mac and, cheese and McDonald's. Uh-huh. And now you're pregnant and you're going, oh crap, what have I done? Oh crap. Mm -hmm. So first piece of advice, let go, right? Mm -hmm. It's in the past. What's done is done.
2: It's done. It's done. That's right. I got a panicked phone call from someone one time someone very close to me and sent me a text message in early in the morning, like eight o'clock in the morning. And she said, nine, one, one, call me now. I was like, oh my gosh, what, like who ran over who something really bad (laughs) happened. Mm -hmm. And I called her and she said, oh my gosh, I just, I just took a pregnancy test. Oh my gosh. And I'm pregnant and I don't know what to do. And oh my gosh. And I was out drinking the last two weekends and oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I said, um, nothing except (laughs) don't drink anymore. Right. Like you're done. Like that's all that's, there's nothing to do. There's just don't do that anymore. And then just start doing the right things and just start. You just, you got, you just working with, you're working with. It's like having a piece of clay in your hand. You can't, make it be something, you have to shape it into something. And so when we're pregnant, all we have to do is shape that little baby clay into what we want it to be. And that's largely by what you think and what you eat Mm -hmm. and your lifestyle those exactly.
0: So so let's say they, they've hit their first trimester and they're nauseous. And, and this is the advice that I give to people and it, it's probably wrong. And you're probably going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but when, when my clients are like, I'm trying to get my green smoothie down, I'm trying to get my bone brought down, but I just can't. It tastes so gross. I tell them don't sweat it because I don't want them to hate it. Because you know, like during that first trimester, there are certain foods you eat and then you can never eat them again. Right. And right. I don't want green smoothies and I don't want bone broth and I don't want all of these healthy foods to have this negative association with like first trimester, like nausea. So what what do what would you tell women in in this spot where they're like, I can't keep the good stuff down?
2: I agree. I totally agree with you. I say, just don't eat the crappy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like find whatever you can tolerate and eat that thing. Right. So if you want pickles, I'm good. Just make sure they're fermented pickles, not Bubby's pickles in a glass jar. Like real, true, living, growing. Like if you left the lid on and left them out, the lid would explode kind of pickles. Yeah. So, like, find the thing that you love and then eat that. If you can't stand eggs, there's a reason that your body sends that message to you. Mm -hmm. It's because either you can't break it down or you don't have the right kind of acid or there's something not right about it. Mm -hmm. So, just listen and have a lot of grace for yourself and for the signals that your body is giving you. Sometimes we make it all wrong. Right. You know, we feel bad because we can't eat green smoothies or we can't you know, do bone broth or whatever. It's okay. Just listen to your body and go, okay, well, what do I want? If it says like bread or crackers or a donut, probably don't listen to that either, Mm -hmm. but find the healthy food that you can tolerate. But I agree with you. If you eat too much of that stuff and you force yourself, then you just hate it forever. Especially
1: if you puke. Right. Right. Do you think there's anything to the cravings though? If someone says, man, I am just craving pizza so bad is there a reason for that or is that just their addiction kind of flaring up?
2: I think for some women it's an addiction. It could be like a yeast issue, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're wanting that carby sugary Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I think there's part of that. But the other part is, I think that the body starts early on giving you signals about the nutrients that it needs. Mm -hmm. For instance, like, women that crave chocolate Mm. during um, their menstrual cycle, you know, they'll say, oh my gosh, like, or at ovulation or when they first start, chocolate's actually is surprisingly pretty high in iron. Mm -hmm. Mm. So no wonder, like, and then if your digestive system's all jacked up, you're not gonna crave a steak, although some people do. Mm -hmm. But you put the chocolate with the sugar and the brain is like, oh yeah, baby, bring that. Bring that on. Let's do it. Yeah. So I you know, there's there's always a message. You know, mm-hmm. your cravings are always gonna give you a message. The trick is just figuring out what the message is.
0: Right. On top of the the that message on top of the standard American diet brainwashing, right? Right, Because we are, we are all addicts to food. And so trying to like, trying to filter that signal through the addiction and being like, okay, I might be craving carbs. Maybe it's fruit carbs. Maybe it's like quinoa carbs or maybe it's veggie carbs and not like just the bread and crackers. Um, Let's, let's take this into, are there supplements that women should be taking in their first trimester? Are there things that they can do to help with the nausea? Um, What, what can they take?
2: Well, I am a little picky when it comes to supplements. And <laughs> I think you guys are too, I know. And the reason that I'm super picky about that is because I am really against the recommendations that the you know conventional medicine is providing, mm-hmm. i.e. it's okay. They just recommend that you go take a prenatal vitamin, that you right. could buy it like GNC or the grocery store, or maybe even Walgreens, like, let's just find, maybe it's 99 cents in the discount thing. Let's just do that. Right. How about we just try that one on? Right. Like that's not going to feed a toad. That's mm-hmm. not going to help anyone. Yeah. And then they'll always tell you, Oh, make sure you're getting folic acid. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. If we just take folic acid and say, oh, well, first of all, how many people do you know? You too. how many people do you know that have had, a baby born with, as a result, with a birth defect, as a result of folic acid Me. deficiency. Satori. Mm-hmm. Okay. My daughter. So, you know, one person in mm-hmm. of the thousands of people that I have interacted with doctors and patients, like tens of thousands, I've, you're the number, you're the fifth one. Mm-hmm. So by and large, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is that in your diet, folic acid is super abundant. mm mm-hmm. And so all you have to do is eat the foods that are high in folic acid. Mm -hmm. So I have this little chart that I give to all of my pregnant mommies and it has a list of folate is what we're looking for of all the foods that are in folate. And here they are leafy greens, green smoothies, Mm -hmm. green smoothies. (laughs) How about avocados? Mm -hmm. Really high in folate. So is asparagus. So Mm -hmm. is broccoli and Brussels sprouts beets, okra, cauliflower, red bell peppers, papayas, and oranges. Mm-hmm. And those are all high in folate. Yeah. So if you just have those things in your diet, done, check that one off the list. Okay. But my second thing is, is why is folic acid any more important than vitamin A? Mm-hmm. More than other fatty acids or vitamin C right. or magnesium? I think we just isolate this one vitamin right. and then we forget about all the rest of them, but it's all about doing all of them. So supplement wise, cod liver oil is an absolute, every pregnant woman needs to be on cod liver oil.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you for bringing that up. Because one of the uh, complaints or or fears I hear from pregnant women all the time is, but what if I get too much vitamin A? Isn't that, isn't that toxic? Won't that hurt the baby?
2: Yeah, good. I'm so glad you brought that up. So when they did the studies on vitamin A that now Dr. Google proudly espouses for everyone who looks, mm-hmm. um, when they did the studies on vitamin A, what they did was they were using a synthetic vitamin A,
0: right? So
2: think of a synthetic as like, um, if you went to a, if you had a 3d printer that could print a clone of you, mm-hmm. And one is fake and one is real. One is made of paper or like a wax museum is a better example, right? right? right. You don't know. Is this the real Elvis or is this the wax museum Elvis? And they look identical. Mm-hmm. The difference is that if I shake Elvis, the real Elvis, if I shake his hand, his hand is going to grip my hand and yeah. it's going to be a real human to human touch. I know the difference. Mm-hmm. When I go to shake the fake hand. Nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. No response.
0: The arm breaks off.
2: Synthetic nutrients are like the fake. Mm -hmm. They are the fake in the body. They look like vitamin B or vitamin A or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when they did these studies in the pharmaceutical and the, you know, research arm of what they do when they set these studies up, they don't, typically use food, they're going to use the synthetics because the belief is that a chemical acts in the body the same way as a food does. Right. And it's simply not true. Yep. So when they did the research of the study on this, they had all these pregnant women in the study and they had three different groups. One group was getting a placebo, which means basically or a, a, nothing. They were getting nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Second group was getting moderate amounts of vitamin A. And the third group was getting high amounts of vitamin A they had to stop the study prematurely because the women that were getting the really high doses of vitamin A, now remember this is a synthetic, synthetic. so it's a fake in the body, it's a mm-hmm. fake. It's like eating wax, Yep, like eating the wax statute, like it's not good. But they had to stop it because the women were actually having babies with birth defects as a result of the vitamin A high dose they were giving. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the vitamin, it's not vitamin A that's the problem. It's the source. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take it as a synthetic waxy? And I'm not saying the synthetics are wax, but you in my analogy. Yeah. Or do we want to get vitamin A in a food form? And in the food form, we don't have to worry about the toxicity. right? So vitamin A is never a problem if you're getting it in like caliper oil or carrots, which is beta carotene, a vitamin mm-hmm. A precursor. There's never a concern. If you were taking 32 cod liver oil a day, maybe. <laughs> right, right. right. But no one's going to do that. Right. So always if it's from food, we're golden. So thanks for asking that. I would have forgotten yeah. about
1: that. And so my- on that note, if if you're a woman taking a prenatal from Walmart or wherever, go yeah. look at that label and right. see what yep. is next to the vitamin A. It probably says something like retinol palmitate.
2: Yeah. Right. Yep, yep,
1: yep. And that's the and, synthetic and- kind.
2: A key word to look for on those labels when you're like looking at a prenatal to know if it's a synthetic is um, to your point, if it's a big long word, mm-hmm. that's a synthetic, a chemical word, but you can't pronounce it, or you often will see the word as.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime yeah. you see the
2: word as, or if you see parentheses, mm-hmm. and then you have a long word yeah. that doesn't sound like beat or carrot, or berries, you know, okra, or it doesn't say those words, then you should ditch it. So So, uh, prenatally, I think there's a lot of things that we can do, but we just want to make sure that supplementally that we're mm -hmm. rounding out the diet with supplements. I don't think people need to take a whole bunch of supplements Mm -hmm, during pregnancy, but I think diet is first and then supplements come in to plug Mm -hmm. in the hole. So if you're nauseous and you're not feeling well, then you may need, we may need to do some more supplemental work, at least initially, if you can't get the food down.
0: Can we talk about organ meats right now? Because I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of clients that take um, something, it's called organ complex and it has, uh, heart, liver, and kidney in it. And they're all worried about taking this throughout their pregnancy. And we had someone else on our podcast. Her name was Autumn Smith, who owns this company called Paleo Valley, which sells the organ complex. And she said, she mentioned the exact same study that you were talking about, where it was high doses of synthetic vitamin A. And she said, but if you want to be safe, just take it during your second and third trimester. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about taking organ throughout pregnancy, first trimester, second, and third?
2: I would agree with the supplement wise. Like I, I always like to go really, I just like to be really careful in the first trimester Mm -hmm. and just use food. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just sort of my rule because, and for two reasons, one, I think, I think the body does better because adjusting to that pregnancy is difficult. Yeah, You know, women are nauseous and they're not sleeping and Mm -hmm. they're, you know, and they're all jittery and excited and they don't feel good and they're fatigued and they got kids and they're tired. And so I just like to be really gentle and kind during that first trimester and focus on food instead. Yeah, But during one of the foods that I like to have women eat though, during the first trimester is a little bit of liver pate a -hmm. few times a week. rather than taking it as like a desiccated or a dried type supplement, Mm -hmm. but to get it in a food form because the liver pate, and I have a great recipe. I don't know if you guys have it or not. We do. Yeah, we we have the recipe. We'll
1: make sure we put that up with the show notes. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's just, if you don't like, I hate liver pate. Like it makes me have like gag in my throat it's gaggy (laughs) you're selling this really well
1: by the way good job
2: you're selling this really well by the way (laughs) (laughs) so i i don't like liver pate it's like nasty and and i had a friend who made me promise that i would try this recipe and only because i love her will did i agree to do it Mm -hmm. so i'm such a chicken so i make the recipe and then i said to my husband rick i said Okay, you try it first. Mm. And it looks like dog vomit when you're cooking it. Like it's got (laughs) mushrooms and liver and onions and the smell and... eh. There's pregnant women right now already gagging. Wait, wait. So he said, he said, okay, I'll taste it. But I said, you don't count though, because you like liver and onions. You are nasty. He said, I'll taste it. So he tastes it. I said, I'm watching him. Like, is he going to start gagging? And you know, what's going to happen? He goes... It's good. I said, what's it taste like? He said, liver. I was like, oh, you're killing me over here. Come on. So I, like a big chicken, I just take the end of the spoon and I dip it. I mean, it, I don't, you couldn't hardly see it on the end of the spoon. And I take a little taste and I thought, okay, I didn't die. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't horrible. I take a little bit more. I take a little bit more. We ended up eating the whole bowl of That's the liver pate. That's all we ate for dinner.
1: Wow. That's awesome.
2: I got enough of liver for a year, probably better.
1: <laughs> all right. So I've got to confess, I've been sitting on this recipe for probably a year now. Mm-hmm.
2: You're not going to sit on I've, it anymore. I've, I've
1: heard this story before and I'm always like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, it's, it's really good. It.
2: You, I promise you. I've never, ever, ever met anyone that says I don't like it, but I will say the recipe says chicken liver or duck liver. Do not do duck liver. Okay, It's too greasy.
1: I don't even know mm-hmm. where you'd find that. So that's not a problem. Yeah,
2: chicken livers are organic. Chicken livers are everywhere. You can yeah. get them. You can get them anywhere. Yeah.
1: So, not beef flavor, though. Not beef flavor. It has to be chicken.
0: So, two servings of this liver pate a week. How big is a serving? I know I'm going to get so many questions. How much would you say is a serving?
2: So, I like to have like a couple ounces at minimum, which isn't very much. That's like an eighth of a cup. You know, it's very little. Yeah. So, you don't need much, but I'm tell you're going to have a hard time staying away from it because it's that good. And it's full of fat. It's got butter in it. It has yeah. creme fraiche in it. Mm. It's got shiitake mushrooms, mm. some dry vermouth. Oh my gosh. So good. Oh, that's, that's awesome. right.
1: That's why I've never made it because I don't have a bunch of those ingredients. Just <laughs> go, it's move.
2: worth the trip. Just make a day okay. trip out of it. and All get right. them there. You'll really love them. And I will say this too. I sound like a commercial for this, but it's mm-hmm. so good for pregnant mamas. So yeah. that's why, but it freezes well. So oh, when you make perfect. the batch, I use the little white ramekins, you know, little white ones, mm-hmm. and I just fill those up, and that's like for me, that's a serving. Mm-hmm. And I just cover the surface with Saran wrap, perfect, you know, so that it doesn't get any kind of like moisture burn. Yeah, and then I cover the whole thing with some foil, and I stick it in the freezer, and then I just take them out and thaw them as I want to eat them.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah,
2: so it's a power gosh. food for pregnancy. So you don't need much. I would say for a, I would I would say not more than a quarter cup.
0: Okay. And women that are feeling nauseous on their prenatal, would you say they can come off their prenatal for the first trimester until the nausea is done and then go back on it for the second and third?
2: Well, if they're taking a synthetic, I would say yeah, just throw it away. Totally.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, find one that's made from food because you probably won't feel nauseous. And if you take supplements and they do make you feel nauseous, then just look, think about like, you know, you guys will help your clients that are, that are pregnant. Think about like what those nutrients are that you need. So mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you my, I make sure that they have enough folate. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we get in enough B12 and that's where we're going to get that from like the liver Mm -hmm. and eggs and cheese and salmon and Mm -hmm. just basically animal products. Mm -hmm. And then lots of B6. So again, meat and eggs and beans and salmon and then choline, meat and eggs and beans (laughs) and salmon and then betaine, which is from beets Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then just like a really good healthy diet. I just I'm I'm just not always a big fan of supplementing. Yeah. yeah. Especially during the first trimester. Like just eat the foods that you know. And if you like beets, then just eat a crap ton of them during the first trimester because obviously that's what your body wants. You're gonna die. Yeah.
0: You know? You're gonna die. But when we were in the military, I was pregnant with Satori. And um, part of the program of being pregnant in the military is getting these like weekly updates and like, like did you know? you know, from from the hospital, the military hospital. And and one of the quizzes was When you're pregnant, uh, it matters what you eat. And the answer was like, it doesn't matter what you eat. Just get in whatever you want because you're going to be (laughs) nauseous. And I remember reading that and I didn't know everything that I knew today. And I was like, why are they teaching women this? Like, this is (laughs) blasphemous. It absolutely matters because they were more worried about people being nauseous than they were about the nutrition. And there is this ridiculous notion in the medical field that I think is changing as doctors are waking up. But they're like nutrition. Nutrition doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the ironic thing, the
1: ironic thing is that that same hospital had, what was like a 50% C-section rate for their births? No,
0: it was, it was really high. It was, it it was like, I think between 33 to 40% C-section. It it was insanely high. Mm -hmm.
1: And primarily because there was so much, Diabetes it, going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Yep,
2: because so, they're eating so much crappy food all the time. So, how can yeah. they
1: say that food doesn't matter when they're literally <laughs> seeing the effects of bad food choices? <laughs> I, right? Tons
0: That's of cognitive right. dissonance. It was actually, we, we were living in Texas, which is one of the most unhealthy states in America, unfortunately. But then there's and, also
1: military families, or mm-hmm. also not not super healthy the most conscious of their health yeah. choices so
0: anyways so so i just remember seeing that and being like no it absolutely matters what mm-hmm. what you're eating so okay so with first trimester what, what would you say about supplementing with like magnesium for women or i find that when women supplement with like some kind of really good mag like magnesium glycinate they they do really well what are your opinions on that
2: I think that if you find something, as long as it's a good quality, again, yeah. we don't want the synthetic stuff. Yeah. We want a good quality. If you find something that you do well with or feel well with, mm-hmm. that's pretty much an indicator that there was a deficiency and your body goes, Oh, finally water. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Finally
2: I'm getting what I need that yeah. I've been trying to tell you and you're not listening yep. and now you're listening. Yep. So if there's that thing that you just eat, it's like the cravings are kind of the same mm-hmm. thing. One you know, less there's oh, go the ahead. obvious you have to cut out. You know, get rid of the sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay off the grains because they're so inflammatory. If you lived in Italy, grain consumption would be different. But it's mm-hmm. the grains in the U.S. that are the problem. Totally. And then, you know, obviously, like microbiome support, you cannot go wrong with that because that's baby's first inoculation is right. that trip down the tube, right. and we have to make sure that the gut bacteria is healthy and you can't do like detoxification when you're pregnant. So we Mm -hmm. just want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're thinking about how am I feeding those microbes? Because I want to give my baby the best, best chance Mm -hmm. moving down the vagina. I call it vagina slime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We got to get it everywhere. It needs to go in the nose and the eyes and the mouth and in everywhere. And we want that as healthy as we can. So you got nine months to kind of work on that and build it up. So I think if we're going to do anything, I would, I would nutrition wise I, or, or, even supplement wise, I tend to kind of slant that direction.
1: Okay. So, so our audience is aware of like the SIBO protocol or the gut flora rebalancing protocol would either of those be appropriate during the first trimester if we know that there's some severe imbalances going on.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't do either one of those. Mm-hmm. So, the, cause what you're doing with the, the, the GI flora, like the, the, those particular supplements, mm-hmm. they would be contraindicated during pregnancy. Mm-hmm better thing to do would be in my opinion would be to do like making sure that you're you know supporting the microbiome mm-hmm. with a good quality fermented probiotic mm-hmm. one of my favorite probiotics for pregnancy is Dr. O'Hira's oh,
0: yeah. and it's
2: O-H-H-I-R-A. I think Dr. O'Hira's and they have a whole bunch of different kinds but you want to get the uh, original and it's a it's a fermented probiotic. Interesting. And I've found that pregnant women really really love this one. Like it it doesn't cause any upset and they tend to just instinctively really like it. Hmm. So okay. you can still do like Um, Whole food fiber, you know, get fiber in the Mm -hmm. diet and high fiber foods because all of those cause, they're basically, that's the food for the gut bacteria. So if there's SIBO present, you have to be a little more careful with that because you can't give them everything. But as much as you can, you want to try and get foods in that are going to feed the microbiome and Conveniently, they feed the body too.
0: Um, What about like dairy yogurts that are from like raw milk, that kind of stuff? Are you like, yes, absolutely. Love
2: it. Yes, but raw milk would be better. We could do raw milk. Mm -hmm. We want to do that. And raw cheese in some parts of the country... Uh, you can't get raw milk, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do the cow share or they've just made it illegal, but you can get raw cheese in all 50 States.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's so awesome. yeah,
2: just get raw cheese and focus on that. Some people even are, women are sensitive to dairy. They might do fine with cheese because it's a different type of protein. Mm-hmm. So sometimes That's right. they'll do okay with raw cheese where they didn't do okay with any kind of raw milk. So in La, I sure. live in Las Vegas and in Las Vegas, they have a, a place where we can actually get some raw milk mm-hmm. and there's a guy there that gets it and then he makes kefir out of it or kefir mm-hmm. as it's pronounced.
1: Ke- as the Russians and say, kefir. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So if you could get that, that's great. Awesome. Really
0: good. good I, remember, food. I remember when we were living in Texas and I was pregnant with Satori, I cra- I probably drank like a gallon of raw milk every week. And if mm-hmm. I, if I had two gallons, I would have had it because I just, I just wanted the fat. I, I wanted yeah. all of that fat in there. And I was like, give me all the yogurt, give me all the dairy. And he, even just yeah. was like, are you sure that's healthy for you? I'm like, I don't care. My body just yeah. wants fat I want right it. now. I, I want all Back of Back off, it. I'm
1: starving. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> okay. When, no. Oh, go ahead. oh I, mean, I want to add one more fat in. So another really good, healthy fat for mamas is um, eggs and mm. egg yolks. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend at least one egg a day, the whole egg, white and yolk, and then you can have as many more yolks as you want.
0: Awesome. That's a so, really great tip.
2: Yeah. Boil those bad boys up, hard boil them, throw the white away and just eat the yolk.
1: I'm, I'm curious why, why toss the white after the first egg?
2: Um, You could do one or two eggs. Mm -hmm. The reason that I don't like them eating all of that egg protein is if there's any kind of hyperpermeability in the gut, Mm -hmm. they're going to end up with an allergy to it.
0: Right, Uh, Because we're going
2: to get protein leaking through and then mm -hmm. the immune system is going to get involved. So, yeah. you know, you just don't know what's going on downstairs mm-hmm. when you were pregnant. Everything shifts. And so I'm just really careful. I'm not against eggs, mm-hmm. but I just am careful with that. But you you won't be allergic to the yolk. People yep. who have allergies to eggs are the, the yolk isn't where the, the allergic response comes from. The yolk That's is full of choline and B vitamins. It's yeah, one of the best. The and choline stuff. is a needed nutrient for the gallbladder, mm-hmm. the liver, for fat digestion in the gut. It feeds the gut bacteria. It's such an it's a superfood mm-hmm. for pregnancy in my opinion.
0: You know, it's really interesting that you say that because I get asked all the time, like I ate really well or well, I'm putting in quotation marks. And, um, and my, my baby was born with allergies, severe digestive dysfunction, blah, 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 blah. And and I, I always, and this has happened twice where I've had women say the exact same story. And they're like, this is my least healthiest child. Um, and then I asked them, what did you eat a lot when you were pregnant with them? And in both situations, they said, I craved a ton of peanut butter. And I was like, oh, well, Mm. there it is, like leaky inflammation, aflatoxins, like you have to be really careful. And I'm really glad that you brought up the egg white thing because I didn't even think egg whites. But, you know, like if you are going to town on certain nuts, right, uh, peanuts being the most inflammatory, what other foods should people be mindful of that could create leaky gut? I mean, it's so different for each individual right because we each have our own sensitivities and our own gut biome that can handle certain things but like you said wheat is one of my big ones not good dairy peanuts um you added the egg whites what else would you put on that list corn
2: well corn would be on the list sugar Um, anything that made you feel before you got pregnant anything that made you feel bloated Mm -hmm. or you just didn't you just would eat it and you go, mm, hmm, yeah. something's not right about that. Yeah. Uh-uh. And you don't have to know whether it's an allergy or not an allergy. Like that part doesn't matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just listen to the clues that your body's giving you. Yeah, And if you do have foods that you aren't sure about, then I recommend that you do them in a four or five day rotation. Mm. So let's say you're not sure about eggs, like, I don't know, eggs might be bothering me. Okay, great. Have one egg and then pay attention to how you feel for the next four days. Mm -hmm. And then on the fifth day, eat another egg again and then chart down and write down how you feel for the next four days. The reason that you give that space is because it takes about four days for the immune response to settle down if there's an immune quote I'll say allergic reaction, but it could just be an, a sensitivity. But right. the immune system is like, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't think I like that.
0: Yeah.
2: It takes four days for that to calm down and get back to a kind of a baseline. Yeah. So, and you can have delayed reactions. You could eat an egg on a Monday and you won't get bloated until Wednesday.
0: Yeah.
2: Hmm. You're going to be like, well, I don't know. I ate egg on Monday. It can't be egg, but mm-hmm. you can have within four days. So, if you think you might be sensitive, then just space those foods out. You can still have them, mm-hmm. but you may just need to let your immune system kind of calm down. It kind of gets mad like a mad dog, yeah, barking and growling and everything. It just needs four days to settle itself out, and then you can start again. Totally.
1: And that's not just specific to pregnant women, right? That's everybody.
2: Hmm. That would be everyone. Same thing. And it it does have to do with the whole leaky gut conversation. You mm -hmm. know, you just get those little junctions between the cells just open up and stuff starts to leak through. It's like, you know, just it just leaks. And when it leaks through, it, it engages those foods, proteins engage with the bloodstream, the, the immune cells in the bloodstream and the bloodstream's like, what the heck are you doing in here? You're not supposed to be here mm-hmm. and just sends out an APB to ev- everywhere in the whole body and goes, Hey, bad guy got in through the gate, the moat and past the guards. What happened? Yeah. Go yeah. get him. And if you see him, I'll go kill him. Yeah. So every time you eat that same food that the immune system thinks got past the guard and the gate and the moat, mm-hmm then it's going
0: to go start shooting.
2: Yeah. Okay. One last
0: thing I want to add for women in their first trimester and actually second, third, and when you're uh, lactating and you have your baby superior minerals, I have gotten so much amazing feedback from women taking pregnant women taking or anyone taking the superior minerals, but the, the feedback I get from the most are pregnant women, where they're like, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to pee several times. I am sleeping really well. I am less nauseous. I have more energy. And then I just got a message. Actually, the last time I mentioned the superior, I got a message saying my milk was drying up and I started taking superior and within 24 hours it came gushing back. And so I want to give people that visual of, you know, when you are pregnant, uh, like First, your body is a brick house, right? Or hopefully it's a brick house. Maybe you've been repairing it with sticks and straw, and so therefore it's a little bit compromised. But when you're pregnant, you are growing your own tiny brick house, and it has That's to great. get the bricks from your house, right? So as it's, as you are literally leeching your minerals and your vitamins and your amino acids and your fatty acids to this tiny human being the cutest little parasite on the face of the planet <laughs> you know like yeah. like you you're, you're you're being leached right like you are being sucked dry so put those minerals back in put, like eat the healthy food it really does matter put your bricks back in because your bricks are being taken up from you to give to this tiny human and so make sure that you're getting your superior minerals you're getting your your pate you're getting all of your leafy greens your avocados your beets and everything that ron has been talking about because you have to put you have to keep restoring from what baby is taking because when baby comes out of your body let's say you haven't been restoring guess what everything is going to come crumbling down and I bet you see that you hear that a lot. I hear yeah. it all the time where people are like, I just had my second baby and I feel like death. Or yeah. I, as soon as I had my baby, I was full-blown Hashimoto's. Or as soon as this, I got this. And and I, I want people to realize that's the same pattern, the same, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, with postpartum depression. I had my baby and I got hit hard with postpartum depression. It's like, because there was a, an imbalance, right? Yes. Like your brain right. isn't getting the right minerals anymore, the right, like neurotransmitters. Like it's because you are depleted. And so it's, it's manifesting as postpartum depression or it's manifesting as Hashimoto's or it's manifesting as some other autoimmune disease. But this is all the same mechanism of being leached dry throughout pregnancy. Am I correct?
2: I I totally agree with you. And I think, um, there's two things I want to say. One is that with the, you know, bleaching or that pulling out of all the minerals, et cetera, the one thing that we, I see often and it's common and that is anemia Mm. with pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And here's what happens. Sometimes we think, well, I'm eating all this food, this like red meat. And I don't know why I'm anemic. Here's what happens. The baby cannot absorb iron for the first six months Mm -hmm. of life. Mm. So baby has to have six months worth of iron stored up and guess who has to be the donor. Mama, mama. Mom. Mm-hmm. Mm. So not only is mama having to have more red blood cells, more iron to nourish, feed, support this little parasitic leech that's growing in her belly. <sighs> mm-hmm. But so her, she's got to, she's a higher demand just to take care of the baby. Yeah. But then on top of that, the baby is literally sucking the iron. Yeah out of her body. So women sometimes can't get on top of that anemia. Yep. And that's why I think Ferro food is um, from standard process mm-hmm. is absolutely hands down my all time, most favorite prenatal supplement. I say, if you can't get anything else in all yeah. three trimesters and post-pregnancy because we lose blood during the delivery, all three trim, four trimesters, if you think of it that way, Feral food should be in. And if there's the further you get through into the pregnancy, the higher the dose. So Mm -hmm. I love that one. And then as you talk about postpartum, the other one that I really love is chase tree. Mm -hmm. So I only recommend it. Sorry for the siren. You're fine. I only recommend it during the first trimester Mm -hmm. if needed. And then you don't need it during the second and third trimesters, but it can be a game changer to help really bring equilibrium back to those hormones, especially with postpartum depression, mm-hmm. post delivery. So or on the herb side, that's one of my all-time favorite herbs.
0: Awesome. So Farrah Food and Chase Tree, and I'm making some notes here and we will do, let's do a link if people want to buy these products, like the Superior and the Farrah Food, Ch forward slash pregnant
1: pregnant <laughs> yeah <laughs> With sounds no good question we can, mark we at
0: can the do end. that okay so gutsych forward slash pregnant all
1: right um, all right can we talk about digestion for a minute because you brought up the iron thing and we have so many women who they're like I never get heartburn except for when I'm pregnant mm-hmm. what, what what's going on there and um, what kind of recommendations do you have when women develop indigestion during pregnancy specifically?
2: So there's two things that are happening. One is during the early parts of pregnancy, all the energy is being moved down to the lower part of the body. And there's really not a lot happening upstairs. So digestion starts to like have to limp along. It would be like, you know, taking off one of your legs and, and, you know, moving it and going and doing something else with it and saying, okay, and now you're going to have to function up here with one leg. Mm-hmm. So the di- upper digestive system is a little bit crippled or handicapped mm-hmm. during the first trimester. So doing things like, um, like even digestive bitters mm-hmm. are okay. Or the Herb. I love using the digest phytosynergist the for liquid, women who right? are, you know, just need that, like, overall digestive support that's a great product it's a liquid it doesn't taste great but it's fine if you dilute it the other thing that is really important during that first trimester for that indigestion, bloating, nausea, you know, like morning sickness mm-hmm. is I will give them a uh, gallbladder support because it's usually a bile. It's oh, okay. a thickening or mm-hmm. congestion of a bile. Mm-hmm. So once you get that bile moving, the nausea often goes away. And one of the things that and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I use it all the time. And it's the fast food liquid. I would not recommend it any other time unless you're working with a qualified person because it will. It's a it's a very potent product, but it's fine during the early days of pregnancy, mm-hmm. and it will stop not morning sickness. Twelve hours
0: mm-hmm.
2: done. What? Even the worst what? cases. Wow. Like a charm every single time. I've never had it not work. Oh my gosh! So I I always say if you're have morning sickness and you are one of my patients and you don't tell me about it, then Mm -hmm. you just have your enjoy yourself (laughs) (laughs) because you don't have to have it. Like literally in 12 hours, we can make it go away.
0: Interesting. Wow. So
2: it works really fast. And then um, what was your other question? You said upper digestion. Oh, indigestion. Yeah. The second part of that is as baby grows, we just, you get that stomach gets that pressure because Mm -hmm. baby's getting bigger and it's pushing up on the stomach. So the normal acids that the stomach is supposed to have, they just come up because they just, there's no room. Like they don't have anywhere to go. They're just going to come up. So I like using something with some kind of bentonite clay. Sometimes I'll do that. If Mm -hmm. if that reflux is really severe, I like using gastrex and a Mm -hmm. little bit of choline and some bentonite clay at the, on the later stages, those, that really does help with that indigestion, like at that, in that third trimester.
1: Is there a brand of bentonite clay that you recommend?
2: No, I try and find one that's pretty good. You know, um, it's hard to find because they're all irradiated now. Like all the bentonite clays are irradiated to make sure there's no little micro bugs, but Mm. you know, the bugs are what help our gut bacteria. So I don't think that that's any, it's like using antibacterial soap, which is, no. So I I think you're going to be good with any kind of,
0: you know, bentonite clay. Awesome. Okay. So I think we've nailed first trimester. Um, What about second and third? What is really important? I mean, we, I mean, we've covered the basis, right? The food, the supplementation, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. Is there anything people should really be focusing in on during the second and third trimester that we haven't already discussed?
2: Well, I don't, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to give you my list of like my pregnancy power foods. Mm-hmm. So here's my list. So, collard oil, we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. So, I recommend doing it in a gel cap rather than a liquid because otherwise it is gnarly mm-hmm. if you have to drink it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, raw cheese, about five to six ounces a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I love that. Just make sure it's raw. Um, organic valley is one of my favorites and you can and get that like everywhere
1: everywhere wow.
2: everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere right so raw milk or and or cheese but raw milk's not available everywhere so mm-hmm. cheese is great two to four ounces of that fresh liver again that's just like in that pate so just mm-hmm. a couple ounces of pate a couple times a week you don't want to do it every day right and then we talked about eggs and then butter um butter mm-hmm. again is another superfood if you can get raw butter yeah. Great. If not, then at least try and get organic butter.
1: Yeah.
2: So raw butter, I like to say, get four tablespoons of butter a day. That's a half a cube.
0: Yeah. Nice. It's a
2: lot of stinking butter, there but guess what has a lot of butter in it? What? Liver pate. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so <There> you go. <laughs> good. Okay. That's awesome. Um, Two to four servings of fresh fish a week. Mm-hmm. Mm try and get non farmed fish. So, you know, avoid unless you know that you can get fresh caught shrimp. I just was on a shrimp boat for the first time in my life mm. and went shrimping. It was so fun. And the shrimp were so uh, good. Indescribably oh. good. They were so good. So different so than what you would eat in the store. So, you know, like uh, tilapia is farmed. The cod is farmed. Um, shrimp farmed. So Mm -hmm. avoid those, Mm -hmm. but truly try and get the best, you know, fresh caught fish if you can Mm -hmm. Um, beef, pork, or lamb. So again, there's your red meat and you may need to take some, you know, I don't know what you guys recommend, but I might use like, like digestive bitters I talked about, or maybe some like Zypan or,
0: Enzyme core you know, is one of my fingers.
2: Something mm-hmm. right, just to kind of help break that meat down. Because again, you know, digestion can be compromised a yeah. bit. And then coconut oil is another one. Mm-hmm. Just get good coconut oil. Do a couple tablespoons a day. Fermented foods, bone broth, veggies, and then salt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Celtic sea salt, I think, is so important. And even yeah. in addition to the minerals. Just having salt on your food and Mm -hmm. the Celtic sea salt, you don't have to worry about it with hypertension or anything like that. In fact, it can help with eclampsia, Mm -hmm. the risk for eclampsia later in pregnancy. So often women that are salt deficient have a higher risk of eclampsia.
0: Okay,
1: perfect. Uh, Quick question. I'm backtracking a little bit, but you mentioned the digestive phytosynergist. What about the digest forte? Is that okay during pregnancy?
2: No, that one's a no because okay. it's got wormwood in it. Mm, all right, and wormwood's contraindicated during pregnancy. I wish there was a tablet. So they used to have the it the digest just as a tablet, mm-hmm. and then they enhanced it and it added more bitter power to it, and mm-hmm. they added wormwood. Mm. And that is what makes it contraindicated during pregnancy. So so the liquid instead. The liquid. I
0: feel like pregnant women would hate that anyways, because I can't even get my non-pregnant people to take it and enjoy (laughs) it. So (laughs) that's
2: probably the... Sometimes you have to just find the liquid that you think works well with it. Like. I don't know. I'm I probably am really a bad person to ask because I can I I will jump up and down and make ugly face and probably Mm -hmm. make some noise, maybe cuss. I don't know (laughs) if it tastes really bad, but I just am so used to taking them now that I just go, "Eh, yeah, whatever. Just salute them. Just dilute it. And if you've ever thrown back a shot, do not take shots while you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You get one of the little medicine cups and just put the dose in the bottom, fill the little medicine cup up like you would fill up. It's less than a shot glass. Mm-hmm. And you just throw that bad boy back and chase it with some water. Kaboom. There you Done. Go. <laughs> chase it with some
1: water and some Celtic sea salt. You're I good to go. That's
2: it. And it's over. Little that Pregnancy over.
1: margaritas. <laughs>
0: I love that. So, yeah. so can we talk, I, I'm, what is, oh, I can't even think of it anymore. When women get tested positive for, street, yes. Is there anything that they can do about that? Cause I get asked that all the time and I'm like, I'm sorry, you have to talk to your doctor or talk to a midwife, but is there anything that they can do about that? Because I just feel like it's really bad timing because we all have that, don't we? And I feel like it just moves around and then they just got tested at the wrong time. What, what can women do for that?
2: So groupie strap is often, we see it in the last trimester, and it's often it's a normal commensal part of our gut bacteria. Right. So pregnant women, now we're gonna get real candid here. Mm-hmm. So pregnant women, when they poop, they often larger pregnant women, when you're big and fat, you can't reach. Mm-hmm. So sometimes hygiene, we don't have the days, generally speaking, in this country. So sometimes hygiene starts to become compromised during the day mm-hmm. until you take your shower the next day. But what happens is, that commensal bacteria, it's very, very normal. Like it's yeah. very normal. What happens is it can, because it's in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And so it can wick up and get into the vag- the vaginal canal and it mixes with the microbes. That's one thing that can happen. The second thing is, is because it's a commensal bacteria, the vaginal microbiome is a mirror of the intestinal microbiome.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. They're mirror of each other. Yeah. So when you have that vaginal micro, when you have dysbiosis in the small intestine, you're guess what? Yeah. You're going to have dysbiosis in the vaginal canal. Yeah. And that dysbiosis, when there's a loss of good beneficial, like the good guys in there, mm-hmm. then it gives group B an opportunity to overgrow. Right. So what I like to do is, we just basically need to change the pH of the vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. And so we're going to change the ecology of the vaginal canal. So I use like lactic acid lactic acid yeast wafers. Mm-hmm. I have them crush them and mix them with a little bit of coconut oil and use that as a suppository. That helps. Mm. Coconut oil by itself will wow. help. And then lots of fermented foods and I even have women that will use a probiotic vaginally. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And they'll just like either open the capsule and mix it in with a little bit of coconut oil, put it in the freezer so that it makes it hard. You know, you can actually yeah. insert it. Yeah. But that will change that. There is no clinical evidence to show that antibiotics with group B strep are beneficial. But they will scare you yeah. and say you have to do them. And I will tell you a story. When my daughter, the my oldest daughter, the one that had cancer, hmm She was pregnant with her second baby and she was in Denver and I was in California at the time. So she called and she goes, mom, I think I'm in labor. And I said, great. I'm on the next flight out. Well, I missed the birth by about two hours, Mm -hmm. but I get there. She had a home birth. Everything was great. So the midwife did a blood draw. They send it in and they said, Oh, she's got group B strep. So she has Mm -hmm. to go into the hospital. So the next morning baby is like, I don't know. 16 hours old. Mm -hmm. The next morning, we go to the hospital, and they said, um, "Well, we have to admit you, and we have to admit the baby." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to go in, that's fine, but we're not going to admit the baby." So, what do they say to my daughter, who is now the the dominant hormone in a woman after she has a baby is the hormone that says, "Do not hurt my baby. I'm Mm going to protect my baby." At all costs, and it's a it's a very strong protection instinct. So I'm there. I'm the mama and the grandma, and I said, "She said, Mom, what do I do?" And I said, "Don't let them admit him. It'll be fine, and just wait this out. If you wait three days, it's going to be fine." Mm -hmm. They said, "Well, baby might have it, and if the baby has it, he could go blind." Mm -hmm. This is what they tell her. Mm -hmm. Well, a that doesn't happen it's like one. in I don't even know how many hundred thousand B mm-hmm. he, he's not blind. He was born. He's good. They didn't have it in his eye. Like he was fine. Mm-hmm. But all they had to do was tell her he could die right. or he could go blind. Yep. And what is her response? Going her. in admit us right now. Mm-hmm. Put yeah. me in, sign me up. I'm in for this. And I just looked at her and I said, are you sure?
1: Yeah.
2: Are you sure? Sure. That's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do. I want to do it. I said, okay. Yeah. So she said, mom, will you go with him and go get the IV started? Yeah. I said, yeah. So I go with him, a bad EMT and a ambulance driver or a fireman that thought he could start an IV in oh a my six gosh. pound baby. Oh my gosh. Seven tries later, no. they finally get it here. No. So they put it in his head Mm. And they give him three days of high dose antibiotics. Oh, and it, I sat in that hospital with them for three days. And at the third day, because they have to do the culture, you know, culture it out. At the third day, they said, uh, nope, you're clear. You never, it was fine. And he's fine. And you don't have it. and He doesn't have it. And Uh-oh. I looked at her and I said, you need to know that his, his gut microbes now
0: are destroyed
2: are worse than if he'd been born C-section.
0: Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable." Worse. And he is
2: now 12 mm-hmm. years old, and he's full on on the autistic, autistic oh, spectrum. No. And he has been, has been from when he was a baby. Wow. And so that's her, just like you asked me, like, how did you not feel bad about what you did? Yeah.
0: Right.
2: It's the stuff we don't know. Right. And that's why like listening to these kinds of podcasts and mm-hmm. educating yourself and not putting yourself in situations where you're going to get bad advice, you know, mm-hmm. go seek yeah. the right advice that feels right for you. Cause she said, mom, if I had to do it over again, I wish I could have done it differently. But I said, honey, you can't, you couldn't have done it differently. Right. Yeah, Cause that was just your paradigm at that moment. Mm-hmm. And you just do what you have to do. Right. And then now you just work with what you got to work with and mm-hmm. you just got to help him get through life. hmm Exactly. And so it it so group B strep is really just not a thing. Yeah, there's a risk, but there's a risk of getting hit on head on in a car crash when mm-hmm. you get in a car too.
1: Or getting loaded so, up with antibiotics for 3 days.
2: Thank you. Right. So it's it's there's a, you just have to for every person has to make that determination. Right. What Where's that balance? What right. what am I what risk am I worth taking? Mm-hmm. But it's so important to go in and be educated about it. So root B strap, in my opinion, it is not worth a course of antibiotics for a baby right. or mom. Not worth it. Fix the vaginal microbiome, fix the gut microbiome, lots of fermented foods for a week or 10 days Mm -hmm. before you go into delivery and you'll be fine.
0: So uh, people need to understand their rights here because let's say they get tested positive for group B, like when do they start testing? Two months prior, one month prior, do you Uh, know?
2: No, it's a month to to two weeks prior. They'll start testing like before baby's born, right before.
0: So if they get tested positive at like the four week mark, four weeks prior to delivery um, can they can they ask for more testing right before delivery and be like can you test me for Group B and if I test negative then I don't want the antibiotics
2: you can always say no oh you can yeah I sure. didn't
0: I mean I did you, not know that I thought yeah, you had you to can
2: always say no you just say no thank you but the here's yeah. the problem it's just like what happened with my daughter when you say to me, and, and fear is often a tactic that's used. Yes. And I, I don't mean to say that it's all the time a bad thing, but sometimes we are, fear is just used. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just human. It's just what sometimes happens, mm-hmm. sadly. But, but from a medical perspective, there is a risk. Right. But remember that medicine sees the cases where it happens. And so they're going to come at it from a perspective that right. says, Oh my gosh, we have to prevent this from happening to everyone. So mm-hmm. better to use high dose antibiotics on everyone. Right. So we never see it happen.
0: But you always, we're looking
2: and going, we need to remodel the body. How mm-hmm. do we, how do we, how do we protect the body right. so that we don't have to do that? Yeah. And you'll have be less likely to have any kind of a bacterial overgrowth, when that gut microbiome is really healthy in mm. the beginning, yep. like even before you get yep. pregnant,
0: yep, well,
2: that's the time.
0: Well, mm-hmm. and having healthy gut biome also means less chance of thrush.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally, and yep. so I've... and postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. There's a link there. Yeah. Yep, colicky babies. Yep. Babies that have allergies, like gut health, it's it's kind of the it's kind of stems it all stems from there.
0: What's really interesting is with my first pregnancy, Tennyson, um, I ate a lot of sugar because I was a sugar addict. I was like a classic sugar addict, and he was super colicky, and he got thrush, and I got the thrush infection in my boob and all that. With Satori, none of that, like not not even a sign of like clogged ducts or thrush not a thing with her and it's because my nutrition was like so on par with her and that's when I got over like my sugar addiction and and you can see with Tennyson if he eats inflammatory foods like his brain is on fire but with Satori she's pretty I mean she's feisty whenever she wants (laughs) to be it's not because of her environment so so I I feel like we've nailed first second third basically, because the, we, we covered a lot of stuff in the in the first. Is there any parting wisdom on fourth trimester and what mom should be doing, what she should be eating, what she should be taking?
2: So in traditional cultures after, for, you know, thousands of years, in traditional cultures after a woman, in fact, during the pregnancy and after the pregnancy, the woman didn't have to do anything yeah. And she just basically was tre- treated like royalty. Like mm-hmm. all of her meals were brought to her. She only, she got the sacred food of the culture. And that might be like fish eggs or organ meats or, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of fat. Like she was treated very, very, very specially because the tribe knew that in order for their tribe to thrive and, you know, be able to carry on. Yeah. Defend themselves, they had to have healthy offspring. So, yeah. um, as much as possible, I say take advantage of everyone that wants to bring you food. Yeah. If you have meals brought in, make sure you're very clear about what you're okay with, you know, mm-hmm. what you want in your house. Don't let them bring you lasagna from Costco, right. or, you know, or, you know, whatever, deep fried fish wings or mm. whatever. You got yeah. some crazy thing. Yeah. So, Make sure that your food is really, really good and make sure that you're resting. And if you can, if you got a parent or grandparent or someone that could come and help you at minimum for the first two weeks, you really need to be down. Yeah, Because then we end up running risk of mastitis. Mastitis mm. is most common when mothers overdo it. Mm-hmm. They just do too much. And that's your sign. Like, hey, whoa, timeout. You need to slow the bus down. You're doing right. too much. You need to rest and rest and rest. Baby sleeps a lot. Mama needs to sleep a lot. Yeah. Not I, as much as baby, but I, I sleep have a, is so important.
1: I have a burning question. Should what? mothers eat the placenta?
2: I was just going to ask that. <laughs> We're on the
0: same wavelength. <laughs> the placenta encapsulation. Like, what do you think of that?
2: so i love it
0: because and i don't know i don't know how
2: your audience feels but i am a big fan and i it makes it makes so much sense to me Mm -hmm. because why we we talk about eating organ meat right right placenta is just another organ Mm -hmm. and i don't believe if it wasn't something that was useful. Then why does it come out? Right. Mm-hmm. It yeah. comes yeah. out because it's got all the hormones that mamas need mm-hmm. for that postpartum period. So, my second daughter is actually a certification specialist for, um, she certifies women to do placenta encapsulation and do it safely mm-hmm. and correctly. Very and cool. Cool. that's what she does. And so, I I've seen the placentas that come through that she'll pick up at the hospital. And some of them are gnarly, <laughs> I mean, gnarly looking. <laughs> You're thinking, Oh, and I look at them and I think that baby's going to have problem.
0: Mm. Wow. Problems. Interesting.
2: You can Interesting. see the health of the baby in the placenta. And wow. there are some that she says, I won't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this one. Right. It's just not even healthy. Yeah, amazing. And You aren't going to be healthy if you eat this organ. Oh
1: no. But,
2: but the amazing. postpartum depression is pretty much gone with placenta encapsulation. Mm-hmm. But you do need to make sure that you get that done by someone who has been certified. Yeah. Mm. I've seen and heard some horror stories about moms that are like, oh yeah, I'll just take it and dry it in my dehydrator. No. And there's <laughs> <No>. there's yeah <laughs> a little that's bit more terrible. to it than that. But I'm a big fan of it. So if you can do the placenta encapsulation, I highly recommend Mm -hmm. it. And there's some um, specialists that will actually make a tincture. Mm -hmm. So it takes two weeks though, but they'll put a tiny little bit of the placenta in a bottle with alcohol and then um, shake it every, you know, couple, three times a day. And the this placenta encapsulation specialist will do that. And then they strain out the placenta and it's in alcohol. So it's fine even if it was in there, mm-hmm. but they'll take it out. And that right, that has a huge effect Amazing. on mood, emotions, recovery, healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious now. So how do you feel? Did I step on a landmine no, no, there? No, Are you hardly. guys like <laughs> placenta friendly?
0: I did um, placenta encapsulations with Tennyson. But I didn't with Satori because um, someone, and again, I wasn't educated. I just wasn't. With Tennyson, like he was ginormous. He was such a big baby. And my milk supply, even through Graves' disease, was so robust. Mm -hmm. And I think it was from the placenta encapsulations. With Satori, my milk, I, I didn't get engorged. With my milk, but like, and she's also very tiny, and she's, but she was born tiny, she's been tiny, you know, and so I wonder if the placenta would have helped with that, but someone talked me out of it, and now I'm sad about that. But well, and I, she was I,
1: born in a military hospital, she was born so in a military hospital just, under tons of no, trauma, yeah. exactly,
0: you know, antibiotics in her eyes. I was bu- like, uh, like horror stories about being bullied in the hospital and traumatized and all that jazz, right? And yeah. so, long story short, it like, I now take organ. My kids take the Catalin. So they're eating their own organs, you know, um, the Catalin yeah. chewable. And that's, you know, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I can just do better by giving them the Catalin chewables. And when she's older, she'll take the organ complex or she'll take the the adult Catalin. And, you know, we'll just go from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's an organ. And I think that it, there's so much benefit. I was so bummed when a very notable I won't mention the name, but someone that's, everybody knows the name. Like there's not anybody in that alternative health or mm-hmm. I want to take care of myself naturally world that doesn't know this name. And this person came out with an article that said placenta encapsulation is wrong and you should never do it. Mm-hmm. And it's really bad for you and it's dangerous. And interesting. I, I was so sad because I thought you don't realize the impact that you yeah. have on people, especially when yeah. you... Put out information. I thought, well, who paid you to write that?
0: Right,
2: like, right. Who bought you out? Right. Maybe not, but it, it just made me sad because it really is such a wonderful option for mamas to be able to take yep. advantage of that. It's it's like God's gift to you.
0: Yeah.
2: After you have a baby, that little placenta is the gift that you have of the baby that you grew and mm. the life that you get to live.
0: Right. And, and a it's
2: that, that placenta, it's a gift, and that
0: placenta feeds the baby. And so yes. if it's yeah. food, it's literally yep. food so you can like feed yourself, you know, yeah. all the leftover nutrients. I have one more question. I know we are mm-hmm. this is just such we're we're running out of t- out of time. I'm so sorry, but there's one thing that just peeves me off. And it's when people message, message me, not the people that message me, but it's the messages where they're like, my doctor says, I can't take this. And so things like turmeric and spirulina and all of these healthy foods. But then I've heard where doctors are like, you have a headache, go drink some diet soda, (laughs) like go drink diet Pepsi or something. And I'm just like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I want women to research, but turmeric, I understand because it's a blood thinner. And so that's potentially one of the reasons why you don't want to do turmeric. What's the spirulina thing? Do you know why women can't take spirulina when they're pregnant?
2: Um, It's a very nutrient dense food and it also can cause a little bit of blood thinning. Oh, okay. Um, So I think that the spirulina, I tend to be a little bit cautious with that. And Mm -hmm. here's my thinking. And I'm, I probably could be convinced otherwise, like, Mm -hmm. But I, I always think about how do things come in nature?
0: Mm.
2: Like, how does it show up in nature? Yep. How do fish show up in nature? How does iodine show up in nature?
0: Yeah.
2: So iodine, we get it mostly. It's very, very concentrated, obviously in sea vegetables right. like bladderwrack or kelp, but we aren't fish. Mm-hmm. So the iodine that we get comes from the rainwater where mm-hmm. it comes from the ocean water that's washing up on bladder rack is a shore iodine. Mm-hmm. So I think, okay, it's the same thing like spirulina. Okay. So it's an algae. Mm-hmm. How are we, what, what are we supposed to like go down and like suck that stuff out <laughs> right. of the water? <laughs> like, it
0: out. Filter mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't, but I just think, okay, maybe my ancestors at some point, they may have used it for food when Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything else to eat. Yeah, But their gut microbes probably had adapted to that food source because Mm -hmm. gut microbes will alter. That's why people that eat fat, you know, the Inuit, Mm -hmm. Alaskan people, they have a diet that's high in fat. If we eat that much fat, we would blow up and we would, because we aren't, our our bodies aren't suited for that. Mm -hmm. So I just think anything that's, to, more than what it, how it occurs in nature is too
0: much for yeah. us yeah mm-hmm. gotcha it. alrighty well thank you for all of these amazing pearls of wisdom like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are gonna just be blown away by all of these incredible tips and learn new things I learned so many new things so um, what what else do we that's it we are over, we're, time, we're over time so we I'm can't so literally can't
1: say anything <laughs> else but this was awesome Rhonda, thank you so much Rhonda thank you this was really helpful and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it again sometime and talk about actually getting pregnant because yeah. that's another yes. big question we, we get should a lot.
2: We definitely should talk about that because that's a whole nother hour show for, for sure.
0: real. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, there's going to be so many soapboxes with that episode. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Don't
2: get me started. Don't get me started. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> right. Or me. We'll have like lining up our soapboxes next to each it other. Is- it's like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn because there's just exactly so right. many systemic issues with women that are experiencing infertility right now so thanks you guys for listening Rhonda thank you Dr. Rhonda thank you for your time <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> and until next time guys please like review share share subscribe all of those wonderful things you all are doing an amazing job thanks for listening until next time
1: love you bye